everyone. I'm Jesse, And I'm Erin. We're librarians. We're busy parents. And, and we, we love, love podcasts. podcasts. Please join us as we begin our podcasting journey, bringing Patchogue Medford Library's parenting programs to your ears. Check out our website, pmlib.org, for upcoming podcasts designed to help you be your best parenting self on your time. I'm Erin, and I'm here with my very good friend and colleague, Jesse, Head of Children's and Parent Services for the Patchogue Medford Public Library. And today, we're going to talk about Summer Slide. Jesse, as a parent and librarian, what do you know about Summer Slide, and who is this delightful guest you've brought into our brand new studio? Well, Erin, the only thing I really know for sure on Summer Slide is that you don't go down the metal ones in July. And I learned that one the hard way. But that's why we brought our guest in today. It's Miss Jean Huggard. She is a public school librarian at Canaan Elementary. She's worked in the district for about nine years now. She's been a librarian since 2009. She also worked in some public libraries. And at one point, she actually was my boss. Welcome, Jean. Thank you very much. Welcome, Jean. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So we brought you here as an expert. <laughs> because the summer slide struggle is real. That's right. Like, it is. That is true. Um, can you tell the folks at home and everybody listening just a little bit about what the summer slide is? Because I feel like that's a term we use a lot professionally, but maybe doesn't make so much sense to anyone else. All right. So basically, in addition to avoiding those metal slides in the middle of the summer, the summer slide from an academic or a school point of view has to do with that learning loss that seems to happen pretty much across the board from June to September. So there have been several studies that have been done that show that students just lose a significant amount of the knowledge they've gained in the previous school year over those summer months. One of the most recent studies that I saw showed that students in third to fifth grade lose about 20% of their school year gains in reading and 27% of the school year gains in math over the summer each year. You really wouldn't think that in that short of a time it could have that much of an impact. Absolutely. It really does. It really does. And then teachers have to play a significant amount of catch-up to even get kids to get that time back. Absolutely. So the beginning of the following school year is a lot of what you just said, Erin. It's a lot of catch-up and review to kind of get everybody back on track for where they theoretically should be when they start in September. Um, I saw a stat that said by the end of fifth grade, students who don't read during the summer fall behind almost two years. So really, if you you look at it collectively it's really such a disservice for them to like not be reading because by the time they hit ninth grade it's well it's cumulative so if you're really not on top of it and it only takes like what two or three hours a week yeah to kind right. of prevent five it. books a summer Oh, is what it takes. Is that? Oh, is it five? Is it strive for five? It is strive for five, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> what is the strive for five that oh. you speak of? <laughs> Don't you worry, we're gonna get there. So, for those of you who are listening right now and you're starting to panic a little bit, this podcast today is really just to kind of ease your concerns a little bit, tell you how we can get this done together. The library's here to help. Your school librarians are here to help. So, um, that's kind of what we're doing. All right. So, Jean, have you noticed? Is there anyone that the summer slide affects more than others? So I think just, you know, based on the study this is, I've read in preparation for this and just my personal experience, it does really seem to be the children who don't have ready access to books that suffer the most from the summer slide. And I think one of the great things about working
working with the library is that school library and public library have so many different ways to provide access to books over the summer. So that doesn't have to be like you just mentioned. I know we are all busy. We're all trying to juggle all these different things. You don't have to physically make the trip to the library to get books for your child to read over the summer. You don't have to drive to a bookstore and buy books for your child to read over the summer. There's so much, uh, so much material accessible at your fingertips that it's just a wonderful resource to be able to tap into. But so you're a librarian. Have you ever struggled getting your kids to read? Like give the people out there hope. Like if you can't do it, how is so, everyone else expected to do it? Here's the thing. So I have four children and without really going into labeling by gender, because I don't want to stereotype. Uh, so I won't say which genders are my readers and which are not my readers however I do have like I said I have four children three of whom are just absolutely voracious readers they can't get you know enough books into their hands all the time and then I have one child who has never shown interest in reading so no matter what books I brought home or what materials I provided it's a struggle so even as a librarian it's a struggle yeah sometimes well you must have worked it out somehow you know, your child is in college and thriving. Yes, yes, and actually involved in an art program in college. Nice. So that's just, you know, where their area of interest. Yeah, that's how their brain, what is that, left side, left brain? Uh, It's not my, that's not the side of the brain that I tap into (laughs) often because that's not my, you know, my ability really, but uh, so yeah. So absolutely, I, I totally get that sometimes it is much more difficult to engage your child in reading than yeah. others. Um, you know what I do, parents? I Lately I have um, an almost eight-year-old, and she's getting past the point of reading picture books with me, um, but I have been downloading books for her on Hoopla, which is a free service through the public library, and she's been listening to audiobooks every night. So while it's not necessarily helping her with decoding right. the words, but she is listening and her vocabulary is expanding and her brain is working, and honestly because I'm so tired by the end of the night, even though I miss her snuggles, it really is a nice thing that she can do like on her own. You know, and honestly, you're kind of stealing my line (laughs) down the road in this podcast. (laughs) Well, you mentioned (laughs) Strike for Five ahead of time. But that was going to be one of the things that I was going to say later on when you're trying to get your child involved in reading. Don't dismiss the value of an audio book because like you just said, they might not be decoding or, you know, sounding out words or, you know, whatever as they're reading. But however, like you just also said beautifully, their vocabulary development is happening as they're listening to these and they're getting their, they're following a plot and they're getting these concepts and they're, they're gaining background knowledge as they're listening. So a hundred percent, I would encourage audiobooks, especially in the summer on those road trips Yes. or at the beach or, you know, wherever the road takes you over the summer. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) An interesting question for you. My daughter all of a sudden has developed an interest in foreign films, so she likes reading the subtitles. Sure. So it is active reading, but it's not typically, it's not sitting in front of a book, but it's definitely, I've definitely noticed her reading getting much faster and just her vocabulary expanding, and I never would have thought of that as like a traditional reading it's you know not what that, popped into my great, mind I didn't even I hadn't thought of that either but that's Mm-mm. a wonderful suggestion you're not mm-hmm. even far in films just anything that you're watching yeah 
put on the subtitles and let them read it as they're watching. That's a great idea. Oh, yeah. I guess just seeing how words right. are spelled yes. when mm-hmm. they're being mm-hmm. spoken. Right. I think it's really important, too, to, like, when we're talking about summer reading, to focus on the difference between decoding words and learning how to read and also and the act of reading. Like, reading subtitles is really, it is reading because you're a part of the story and you're Mm. understanding the context and you're putting things together. It's not just looking at the word and trying to sound it out. So I think when we're talking about, like, the summer slide and summer reading, anything that gets kids to do the reading part of it and I think that's, that's right. And I think, you know, the focus really should be on, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that we in general should get caught up so much in that summer slide concept of, oh my goodness, I need to prevent, you know, 18% of reading loss. So we really need to hammer in these skills. It's more of the act and enjoyment of that's reading right. yeah. that is the real goal here. So not so much the academic sense but more of the just um the joy of it the joy of it over the summer it should really just be focused on well what does your kid want to read about what do they like to read about not necessarily if it's above below or on the level right and what's your opinion on wordless storybooks and having the child kind of come up with fabulous their own story get a little bit of creative writing in there absolutely and And to kind of piggyback on that idea of the wordless book, I also want to make sure that I kind of put a shout out in here for graphic novels. Yes, I was going to say graphic novels. Because a lot of parents are are kind of, sometimes they think that they're not real books or they're Mm -hmm. not getting as much reading content as they would in a a, uh, standard chapter book. And I I can't tell you how many graphic novels the vocabulary level Mm -hmm. and the comprehension level is just is so much higher than some of the chapter books that they might pick up at that same level. So I wish I had my my research on this, but I just was at a conference and we were talking about graphic novels and the the amount of unique words that are in graphic novels is just head and shoulders above what they're reading in their chapter books. A hundred percent. And and. I, as you know, in my experience as a, as an elementary school librarian, those are the books that the children are primarily drawn to. Yep. Those are the ones that are getting checked out over and over and over again. So when you're looking for something for your kids to read over the summer, absolutely yes. go to those books. Yes. It's that's sad what that they still get a bad rap. Yeah, they yes. still have a bad stigma. I know. All the research shows that they are just as good, if not right. better, absolutely. than traditional quote-unquote reading. Absolutely. And they're engaging. Yes, that's, that's right. And I mean, I think as parents, we have to like really accept the fact that the way our children are growing up, the environment that they're in, the media they're exposed to is different than what we were got growing up. Like, right. So my almost eight-year-old really doesn't have the same kind of focus or attention span that I would have because I didn't have the option of graphic right. novels. So like, why would she choose to read something that feels more like a chore when she can read something that she actually enjoys, that's visually appealing, that's just as engaging? That's right. So I think we need to kind of get out of our own heads a little bit about mm-hmm. it. I know at least I did. Right. Um, and I like what you just said too, and that was one of the points I wanted to make also, is that you know as you're kind of approaching this summer reading with your child, I really think one of the most important things is not to make it a chore. Like I think setting up that almost part of the to-do list, like you must read 20 minutes every day, mm-hmm. is almost setting yourself and your child up for failure. 100%. Like it should be, it really should be, like you said before, it's a joyful act. It's mm-hmm. not, if it's if it's a check mark off a box before they're allowed to go do something else or, yep. you know, 
Or worst case scenario as a punishment. If you don't do this, Oof. you're going to go to your room and read. <laughs> like yeah. that's, you, you're going it, to, it's never going to go well. Okay. Not, so. Yeah. It's also your summer too, parents. Why do you want to be spending it fighting with your kid? Right. <laughs> Just let them. I try to give my daughter a choice. Yes. Like we do set aside the time for the reading because I, I want to make sure that she gets it in. Yeah. Um, right. Because it's been a habit all through school, like the teachers, either sure. they had so a reading log yes. or whatever. Right. But, yeah. you know, right. I'll give her options like we could play a word game, we could right. write a story, mm-hmm. we could, um, you know, compare like a graphic novel to something else or maybe write a poem. Like just anything to get her thinking of words and reading and writing. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's still time well spent Absolutely. For the reading log, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep, right. Or trying to tie it in to an event, you know, or something local yes. that's going on. We offer a ton of museum passes here at that's the right. library. Wow. Um, so we'll take one of those and we'll be like, all right, before we go, let's read about this artist. And then we'll go see some of their work or, that you know, is. whatever it happens to be. It just it, as it ties it into something fun, like right. an experience. Yes. Right. So and it's it not it more just... meaningful also. Right. right. Not, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it becomes more like a quality time thing that you're doing together as opposed right. to like right. you go sit over there by yourself and read yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be over here on my phone <laughs> that's I guess another thing and this is just a little bit off I know one of the most important thing we can things we can do as parents is modeling the behavior I'm sorry am I stealing all your notes <laughs> you are <laughs> yep had that written down uh huh great so sorry so Jean do you want to tell us why modeling is so important well I think that's just you know when you ask me how I would encourage or how I would recommend parents encourage, I really do think one of the biggest ways to um, instill the love of reading in your children is to love reading. And for some of us, that's, you know, easier said than done. And, you know, time is always a factor. And if you're, you know, if you're not a reader per se, if you're, you know, then, then maybe we get creative with it a little bit. But I, I, you know, one of the things I saw um, suggestion wise was cook with your children or bake Mm. with your children and you're reading the recipe together and you're reading. Yeah, that's probably not something that anybody even thinks of. And yet the origin of recipes, like what cultural associations go with this recipe. Right, mm-hmm. right, you know, absolutely. You, yeah, so you really forget that there's a whole other, yeah, right. mm-hmm. backstory. Right. right, but I do think, you know, like like I was saying too, if your children see that you enjoy reading, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not it's not a 100% guarantee that they will become, as I said, like, right. I got three out of four, maybe it's a 75% guarantee, I don't really know. But it, it absolutely does help, yeah. you know, that you don't view reading as a chore. Yes. It's something that you enjoy doing. Plus, I think also, you know, if, if you model that love of reading, you're going to have reading materials around or yeah. accessible. And mm-hmm. so I think that plays a big part also. Definitely. I mean, the goal is to have them read for enjoyment and yes. love reading. Yes. But if you have to get them to just read, period... There are so many other ways, right. whether it's games, whether it's subtitles and movies or recipes or any of these things, yeah. to just get them right. to understand the practicality right. of good mm-hmm. reading skills. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be able to play this game with your friends, right. yes. you have to learn how to play the game. So you have to read the instructions yeah. and figure it out, right. you know, or you have to, with the recipe, you have to be able to read and understand, you know, it's all comprehension. Right. Yeah. Right. So exactly. even if right. they're not into it necessarily for the enjoyment, in fact, if they haven't discovered what it is they really want to read about, um, at least they can kind of have an appreciation for the the practicality. Right, of it. how important it right. is. Right, how important of a skill it is. Right. Yeah. Um, just one quick note 
to everyone out there. They're always listening, these children. So just as a heads up, oftentimes what happens here is we ask a child if they want to sign up for summer reading and they'll be like, sure. And then we'll be like, oh, how about your grown up? Do they want to sign up? And then the grown up will say, I don't read. And their kid is right there. Right. Right. So like, no shame to parents that do this. It's just something that I've noticed that can impact the child. Um, so, right. you know, maybe just we'll bite our tongues on that one. Right. Say, absolutely, I'd love to join. And yeah. what you do with that is up to you. That's exactly right. You know, we're not going to follow up with you. Um, but it's just an easy way to model that this is something that, you know, people are doing. Maybe we just need more prizes for the adult reading club. So yes. when I worked with Jean at Elwood. We do yes, offer we prizes, prizes, but maybe we need more prizes. Uh-huh. Yeah. We used to incentivize the parents signing up by giving their kid a prize. Yes, that's right. We'd be like, if you get your mom or dad or grown yes. up to sign up, we'll get you an extra prize. Maybe yes. we need to bring that back. I know, I've tried. People think it's guilting the parents. <laughs> you know what it worked whatever works <laughs> it sure did it's like um, potty training whatever works <laughs> you want a cookie you want a sticker what exactly, can I give exactly. you yep. Yep. so I know we're focusing a lot about like because obviously we're all librarians and we're all readers so we have been focusing kind of on like getting kids to enjoy reading so I guess the bottom line is though whether they enjoy it or they don't if they don't do it over the summer in one form or another, right. it's going to affect them in the fall. And then it's going to impact them going forward. And not to say that's not a train you can't, you know, turn around on the track, but it is something to consider over the summer. So right. we've so far given a few tips on how to get your kids to read over the summer if they're not necessarily readers. We said things like you can read subtitles in foreign films or just subtitles on shows, recipes, wordless books, even though... The wordless books count for summer reading. Well, I mean, they would count for the library. The thing that I like about wordless books is that it inspires the creativity. Mm -hmm. I have a tough time with my daughter. She likes to read, but she'll she'll get a book and then she'll quickly abandon if it's not going where she thinks it's going to go. Or she'll sometimes she'll quickly lose interest. She'll get really excited about something and she'll get halfway through and be like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. So I like when we can bring in something wordless and she Mm. can kind of think about a story and how you'd like it to go and what the characters would like to do and you know choose your vocabulary words and if there's something that you want to say but you don't know what that word is like let's look at a thesaurus or see what you know Mm -hmm. I I just feel like it's still a good way to meet some of the same goals as reading it's it's still building vocabulary it's still getting you to think you know creatively and it's really putting the power in their hands right Right. Mm -hmm. they're in control of what that story yeah yeah like if you're not finding things that you want to read yet yeah let's come up with something like what what kind of books would you like if you could be the author like write something for a kid like you that might not you know have discovered their book yet because I keep telling her I'm like you'll find if it's okay to abandon this book if you're not Mm -hmm. if it's not holding your interest it's okay to put it down we'll find something else the library is full of books (laughs) I think that's really powerful what you just said because I think even as adults we don't give ourselves that permission to like give up on the book Mm -hmm. like it's okay like let your kid feel like they have ownership of their reading experience and if they really don't like the book and they gave it a shot let them yeah i have to tell you the older i get i have given myself that ownership completely (laughs) 
You realize how valuable yeah, exactly. your time is. Time is, exactly. time is short. Yeah, exactly. I don't have time to waste on a book that I'm yeah. not enjoying on right. some level. Yeah. And this should be true for your children as well. Exactly. Like why they should not have to slog through a book just for the sake of slogging through. Right. Like, like Aaron said, the library is full of books. So many. Yeah. And professionals that can help one. you find a yes. book that is maybe a little bit better of a fit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any other tips? Really, the overall tip in general is just, again, to, to make it a fun experience and not a chore. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, especially when it's beautiful out in the summer and, you know, you don't want it to be something that feels like a punishment or, you know... Or school, for that matter, because yes. everybody needs a break over the summer. The teachers need the break. The, the, your children need a break. It's a, it's a long day mm-hmm. every day in school. Um, so, you know, even, like, little things. If you have a pet, let them read a book to your pet. Or get a stuffed animal and read to the stuffed animal. That's so or, cute. Yeah. You know, like, make Read your, to a younger sibling or a younger relative or an older relative. That's right. Yeah, right. Do a Zoom call and have yeah. a yes. to grandma. Or do, make, you know what, with Zoom... The, the possibilities have opened up tremendously. Do a book club with right, relatives yes. or on your block. If you have mm-hmm. if your child has friends on the block, see if you can get a little book club going with some of the parents and some of the kids and just get together and have pizza and talk about the book that you read. And, yep. you know, yeah. so Show that it can be like a social thing, mm-hmm. a fun thing. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, during the summer is really the time to kind of experiment with what works, learning about what works best for your child because yes. they might not have that freedom during the school right. year. No, sure well, or the energy, quite frankly. Because right. right. at the end of the True. day, you know, it, everybody's tired. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're all tired. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> 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 I really like that you said, like, during the summer is a really good time to figure out yeah. what works for your child. Think outside the box. That's right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, again, I'm very conscious of the fact that, like, this might sound like a lot of work to parents. Okay. You know, like, everybody can be, just feel like you're just trying to get through each day. And you're just trying to keep the kids busy. And, you know, and I completely appreciate that. And that is why we're here to support you as the, you know, the Patrick Medford Library. Like, you just bring your kid in for, like, 20 minutes. We will talk to them, and we can get to kind of the root of what would engage them a little bit. You know, if you just can't take that on right now, just give it to us. (laughs) It's all right. We're happy to help. Right. Um, we got tons of professionals and here. And then, you know, again, if you can't make that trip to the library, you can go on Hoopla, That's go true. on Libby, yes. and your children can search. They are fully adept, most of them, That's at right. searching for yeah. things I mean, online. There's, there's no shortage of ways to get in touch with people. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Call us, email us, instant message us. We're, right. We're, we're here. available. Yep. We'll get the materials to you. We'll tell you how to figure out whatever you need to do online. Yep. And probably the best thing that we can do for your child to help encourage them to read is our summer reading program. Did you guys like that segue? That was Mm. beautiful. Thank you. Please please tell us more about the summer (laughs) reading program. So basically, our summer reading program now is designed to help combat this summer slide. Um, We've done our research, we've looked at all the statistics, and it really does boil down to five books a summer. So what we've done is we've designed our summer reading program around those five books. So kids need to read five books to get their raffle tickets. Um, And then from there, they just earn more and more prizes. And it's just incentivizing that goal. So even if your kid is not a good reader or just not happy with it, doesn't want to be doing it, once they hit five books, they're good for the summer and they get 
the benefits of it. They reap the rewards, you know? So that's kind of how... That's great. That definitely does not sound too daunting or too overwhelming. what we're hoping, yeah. yeah. It's called Strive for Five, I have to say it. It's called the Strive for Five (laughs) Initiative, the summer reading, because you're going to see that on flyers. You're going to see it everywhere. And last year we had shirts that said, hashtag Strive for Five, and nobody knew what it meant. (laughs) So this summer we're trying to get the word out. But really, we're just trying to make it as accessible as possible to everyone in the community. Um, readers, non-readers, all of that. So that's that's the plan for summer. And this year, we're doing it with a new app. It's called Reader Zone. Okay. So if you are really busy and you're going on a lot of vacations and you're just not going to be around, or you know maybe you live up in Medford and you can't get to the main branch and the new branch is open, not open, I don't know. But... <laughs> so, if you don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I make no promises on the new brand, except that it's coming. Um, but so the point is is that you can do everything on the app, and it will notify you when you need to come in and get your prizes and all those good things. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible. That's great. And if your children are in camp during the day, during That's the right. summer, then they can do this when they get home or yep. whenever. Exactly. And you could do it on a computer, do it on a phone, whatever you want. So that's that's our Strive for Five and our new app. And we're really just trying to help your kids succeed and help you succeed as, you know, in this endeavor as a parent. It is tough. <laughs> it's so hard. I'm like, we get it, guys. We get it. Erin, um, do you have anything else you want to? No, that's, I mean, a lot of great suggestions that I'm almost looking forward to summer vacation. <laughs> almost. So many great ideas. Oh, my goodness. I know. Yeah. It's, it's try and hold on to that. The enthusiasm, yes. and the excitement, for optimism. It. Yes, because they pick up on it. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> well, Jean, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Thanks Jean. for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our so pleasure. So fun. Yeah. Come back and talk about something else another time. Oh, don't Fantastic. worry. You will. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on Adventures in Parenting. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This podcast is made by busy parents for busy parents, and we want to hear from you. Email us with your suggestions for upcoming shows at podcast at pmlib.org.